Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. Epic family, I will probably tell you this every single week, but I miss seeing you all so much. And speaking of Epic family, I want to let you all know that since we moved everything online starting March 8th, our family has been growing even in this season. So for all of you who have jumped into this Epic community online over the last few weeks, or maybe your day one is today. Welcome to our family. Whether you've been a part of the family for years or you literally have joined us during this last eight-week period of time, I would love for all of you to join me today. I'm just going to be hanging out five or ten minutes. As soon as I'm done teaching, I'm going to slide over to Zoom. So once this gathering is over, come join me. Just go to epicsf.com slash afterchurch, and we will be there just to hang out for a little bit, just to see faces. Um, I might answer a question I might not, but we're going to be there to hang out. Um, For today, I want to start with this question. Where are you? I know what you're thinking, Ben, are you serious? Um, Where do you think we are? I realize that we're still in shelter in place and that 99% of us are watching this from our home. We're not going to report the 1% of you, but most of us are watching from home. Listen, I, I care about your physical location, but I'm after something more with that question. When I ask, where are you? Here's what I want to know today. Where are you mentally? Where are you emotionally? And where are you spiritually? Are you living in the land of anger or in the city called boredom? Uh, Are you so tired of being around the little people in your house 24-7? Or maybe you're even tired of being around all of the big people in your house all the time time. This past week, um, my wife Shauna and I have four kids, but this past week I had two kids on separate occasions come to me and say some version of this. They didn't know how to tell me. They were like, Dad, I really do love our family, and I'm really enjoying our time during this season, but I would really love to be around some other people right now. And I just told them, I was like, listen, I totally understand. I mean, I totally understand understand. But for some of you, you're not tired of being around people. What you're sick and tired of is having every meal alone. The land that you're living in is the land called loneliness, is the land called I'm going stir crazy by myself in my home. Here's what I want all of us to know. It's really important to acknowledge where you are, even if you wish you were somewhere else. It's really important to acknowledge where you are in this moment, even if You wish you were somewhere else, but when we think about where we are, some of us have this question, does God know where I am right now? Does God know where I am right now? I want to answer this question today 
as we continue this unfamiliar season, familiar God series, and a message I'm calling, Where You Are, Where You Are. We're picking up in Psalm 139 today, verses 7 through 12. We started this psalm last week just saying that not only are we in an unfamiliar season, not only should we be familiar with God, but God is utterly familiar with us. And today I want to just talk about, does God know and is he very familiar and aware with where you are and where I am in this season? And you're thinking, Ben, that would be a great feat for him to accomplish because I don't even know where I am in this season. And it changes, right, from hour to hour for all of us. In verse 7 through 12, David is the psalm writer. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Incredible discoveries that David makes and passes on to us. Here's where I want to begin. Wherever you are, God is there. Wherever you go, he will be there too. Wherever you are, God is there. And wherever you go this week, two months from now, 20 years from now, God will be there too. David says, where can I go from your spirit or flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I go down to the very depths of the earth, you are there. I want to lead you in an exercise, and this is a 100% participation exercise, so it's an all play. Just, you know, I can see you. We've got new technology, so I'm looking into all of your homes. Some of you should have, even with church at home, should have worn something different today. But here's the exercise that I want us to do, and here's why I want to do it. I want to help train our minds and our hearts and our bodies to recognize and be aware of God's presence. So what we're going to do three times is breathe in, Then we're going to exhale, and we're just going to say this phrase, God, you are here. So, come on, all of us. God, you are here. For me, it helps to have my hands out. Two more times. God, you are here. God, you are here. And even in this moment, while I am speaking to you, there's something relaxed in me. There's something that's becoming more attuned and aware to the presence of God, even where I sit in this moment teaching you this exercise. What if we began to bring this reality into every new space we inhabit, our physical spaces, our mental spaces, our emotional spaces, and our spiritual spaces? So try that exercise each day this week. Here's another thought I need to give you when we think about does God know where we are One of the greatest lies our enemy wants us to believe is that God has forsaken us. One of the greatest lies our enemy wants us to believe is that God has forsaken us, that wherever we are, God is no longer here. Anybody ever feel that way? Like, I just, God, maybe you were with me in a previous season. Perhaps when normalcy returns, God, you will be with me in that season, but are you here? And if you're buying the lie today that you're all alone, you may physically be all alone, but you are not all alone. If you're buying the lie today that no one knows where you are, someone, the one who matters most, knows exactly where you are, and he is present there 
with you. I think verses 9 and 10 will resonate with a lot of us. David says, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, or if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. I want you to pay attention to that phrase, even there. Because some of us are living in locations right now, and we want to know, can God reach me even there? I think about a number of conversations that I've had over the few weeks that we've been in the season lately, especially, and just people really wanting to know, Ben, does God meet me even there? We've walked through um, a close, close friend of ours who's lost her father during this season, and she's wanting to know, like, is God going to meet me even there? Two weeks ago, um, I was on an unfortunate phone call with a man in our church whose mom had passed away in Toronto, and he's trying to figure out how do we do a memorial service over Zoom. And just two days ago, this Friday, my wife Shauna and I were on a FaceTime call with a young man in our church who wanted to know, Ben, I know you lost your mom. The doctors have told my mom that she has one to four weeks to live. What do I do when I'm even there? Wherever your even there is, I want you to know that David's proclaiming something that we need to take to heart. God can meet you even there. David isn't trying to get away from God. If you read the Psalms, you know the thing he longs for more than anything else is for God to be near. But he's saying even if he tried or even if you try to get away from God, he is going to find you because he knows right where you are. So here's the principle that you need to lean into today. Wherever you have gone, God is closer than you think. Wherever you have gone, God is closer than you think. And I mean that not just physically. I mean it mentally. He knows where you've gone. Emotionally, he knows where you've gone. Spiritually, he knows where you've gone. And he is closer than you think. One of the reasons we're doing this series is because we're going to move into unfamiliar destinations throughout the rest of our lives. You guys know this. Things are going to change. Your kids are going to grow up. You're going to move cities You are going to take a different job. You are going to be given a new position with your current company. Your health that you have today might fade one day. Um, When retirement comes, that will be an unfamiliar destination. I know some of you are like, Ben, I had a date for retirement, and that has been extended by three or four years or 40 years. I totally get that sentiment. But as we move into unfamiliar destinations throughout our lives, we must remember that what is unfamiliar to us is quite familiar to God. Let me say that again. As we move into unfamiliar destinations throughout our lives, we must remember that what is unfamiliar to us, it is quite familiar to God. So God can be our comfort when we are in the midst of disruption. God is steadfast when everything around us is changing. God sees us even when we're convinced that no one else does. And God is light even in the midst of our darkness. That's what he finishes up our text for today. He says, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. That's his initial thought. But then he says, God, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light light to you. But hear this. Not only does God see us where we are, he meets us right where we are. And not only does God see us right where we are, he meets us right where we are. And here's what I love about God. God doesn't tell us that we need to work our way to him. He, you know, if you're going to a doctor, for most of us, the doctor's not going to come to our house. We've got to go to the doctor. If you're going to get something, you've got to go there. But when it comes to what you and I need most, God doesn't ask us to come to him. He makes a way to come to us. 
I love the way the gospel writer John, who was a beloved friend of Jesus, how he says God initiated this plan. Here's what he said God did because he wanted to not just see us where we are, but meet us right where we are. In John chapter 1, verse 14, John writes, the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Here's what you've got to know about God knowing where you are and meeting you right where you are. Jesus became what we are and moved to where we are. Jesus became. He didn't ask us to adjust. He adjusted for us. He became what you and I are, humans. And he came to where we are. Eugene Peterson has a translation of the Bible called The Message, and here's how he translates that, verb in, uh, that verse in The Message. He says, And the word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. I love that idea. I, I, I love that, that thought that, that Jesus became what we are and he moved to where we are. Think about this. If you think you're far from God spiritually, think about the great distance that God was willing to go to move from where he was to move to where you are. Getting back to this psalm, David says, even if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand is able to guide me, which leads us to this principle. God is able to guide us through unfamiliar territory. God is able to guide us through unfamiliar territory. I know that you're like me. You want to know, Ben, when are we getting out of this? Ben, what will my job look like? Ben, when are these kids going back to school? I know that you and I want to know, but we don't have to know the territory or even the destination to allow God to guide us through it. But here's what we have to do. We must die to our need to be in control of everything and to know everything. And we must surrender to the God who is willing to guide us through this unfamiliar territory. I think this is where we must activate Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in our lives. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. God is able to guide us through unfamiliar territory. And you're like, Ben, that's easy for you to say. Let me tell you this, what, what conversations I am in with our staff team and our, and our board at Epic Church, we are headed into unfamiliar territory as a, as a church in the future. We don't know what all of the things are going to look like. So I want you to know that I, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I don't know when we can gather. I don't know how many of you, you will be allowed to show up and gather at the same time. But God, I do know this. I can freak out about what I don't know, or I can lean into God and let him guide us through this unfamiliar territory. And that's what our team, I'm so proud of our team. That is what we are doing. If, if I can be honest, let, let you behind the curtain just a little bit. We have never had a greater commitment to the mission God has given us, and I have never had a greater confidence that God has given me prior to this moment in time. And it's not because I know much about the future. There's a lot I don't know, but I am pressing in, I am leaning in, and I believe that our future will be much better than even what God did in our past. You can be guided in your personal life by the God who will take you through that unfamiliar territory. In verse 10, he also says that if we settle on the far side of the sea, God can guide us and his right hand will hold us fast. Here's what I think about with that idea. God is able to hold us up even when there are plenty of things that could pull us down. God is able to hold us up even when there are plenty of things that could actually pull us down. I don't know about you, but I don't need a God who can simply hold me up when everything is good and up and to the right. 
I don't know about you, but I don't need a God who can simply hold me up when my children's emotions are steadfast. I don't know about you, but I don't need a God who, who, can, who can be present when everything is filled with joy in my life. I need a God that also shows up in the disruption. I need a God that shows up in the unfamiliar season. I need a God, and some of you need a God that can show up in case you don't have your job, in case your kids don't go back to school, in case we can't gather soon as a church. I need a God that can hold me up when everything else is falling apart. Hear the heartbeat of God as he says these words through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. He says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Let's translate this into modern times because we see the heart of God expressed. We can be confident that this is true. When you pass through a pandemic season, I will be with you. When you don't know what the future holds, I will still be present with you. When you have so many more questions than you do answers, I am the God who is with you. Will you trust him that wherever you are, he sees you? Will you trust him that wherever you are, he's willing to meet you right in that space? Social distancing has taken its toll on all of us, at least all of us who actually like other people. But you know what is taking a toll on some of you much more than social distancing? Spiritual distancing. You see, if you aren't familiar with the Bible and you aren't familiar with the history of God's people and how they relate and respond and follow God, then you might not understand that the consistent narrative in all of Scripture is about a people who come near to God and then they go far away and then something brings them back and then they go far away. That consistent narrative is all throughout Scripture. There's even something from Isaiah that Jesus quotes in his own teaching where he says, listen, with your lips you're close to me, but in your hearts you're distant from me. There's this relational distance in your heart. I mean, think about, for some of us who know the parable of the prodigal son, it's, it's some of our favorite stories that Jesus ever told. Like, that's the one of, out of all the stories we love that Jesus told. And, and, and that story is all about spiritual distancing. It's all about a relational distance. In that story, there's the younger son who asks his father while he's still alive, can I have my share of the inheritance? And his dad actually says, yes. And Jesus in the story, here's what he says. He says, that younger son set off for a distant country. And while he was living far away from his father, he squandered every bit of resources that his father had given to him. But he has to have this moment that some of us need to have today where he comes to his senses and he begins to think, if I go back, if I return to my father, what am I going to find there? Maybe he will hire me. He thought he had thrown away his opportunity to still be part of the family. But Jesus was illustrating with that story as the son comes home and the father embraces him and gives him all of these gifts, throws a party in the honor of his son's return. He was trying to show us what the heart of God is like. Last week, I shared this prayer prompt we could have out of Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. I want to share it again today. We're just using it each morning, trying to use it each night as well. Just these four prompts right there in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. But I want you to think about what we've been talking about today as we go through these prompts. I want you to think about the reality that you are somewhere specific, and even if you don't want to be there, can you trust that God knows that you're there? So here's the prompts. Search me, God, and know my heart. This is where you are coming, becoming aware that God knows who you are and he knows where you are. Like, God, show me. 
then test me and know my anxious thoughts. See, one of the reasons that you and I go far away and distance ourselves from God is because we find ourselves in a season where we don't think we can trust him anymore, and so we're trying to trust something else, and that leads to anxiety and worry for all of us. The next prompt is, see if there's any offensive way in me. This is where we just go, God, have I left you? God, have I been like the son in the story that Jesus tells, and I've gone to the far side of the sea? And then that last one is, and lead me in the way everlasting. And lead me in the way everlasting. God, I see where I am. I now know that you see where I am. I've heard today that you'll meet me right where I am. And today, God, I want to recognize and ask you to lead me back. I'm tired of the spiritual distance between me and you. I'm tired of being in a distant country. I've heard today that you will welcome me home. And if that's you today, I want to invite you into this. I mean, knowing God meets you wherever you are is today the day of your return. Knowing God can meet you wherever you are is today the day of your return. If that's you, I want you literally to get your phone out right now and just text the word BEGIN to 313131. We would love to help you understand how you can bridge the gap that exists between you and the distance where God is. We'd love to come alongside you and say, this is what it looks like to put faith in the Jesus who moved into our neighborhood who saw us right where we were, came to right where we were, and he's wanting to meet you right where you are in this very moment. For those of us who are Christians, what stood out to you today? Is it that God is able to meet you right where you are? Right in the midst of your even there places where you're wondering, wow, I've gone really far. Can he meet me here? Maybe for you, it's recognizing that you have to die to your desire for control and instead surrender your will to the God who knows what you don't know. That's the biggest challenge for me. I don't know about you. But what stood out to you today? I would encourage you to write it down in the notes app on your phone or maybe in a journal. You can share it on the chat, but if we don't process what we're learning from the Scriptures what we're learning even from this teaching today, then we might stay distant. And God doesn't want you to stay where you are and think you're all by yourself. Maybe for you, the the big lesson, the big takeaway from today is just that exercise. God, you are here. What is it you need to know about what God knows about you? And as you become aware of his awareness of where you are, would you start seeking him today? Would you start moving towards the God who has done everything he could to move towards you? Church, we are going to get through this season. The question is, how are we going to get through this season? Will we hang on and let new sources be our ultimate guide? Will we just move towards wishful thinking, or will we become people rooted in faith? I think about Hebrews 10, 39, just hitting me right now in this moment. It says, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. I want our church, and I believe this is happening, but let's make it happen more and more and more. I want our church to be a church that realizes we are not shrinking back, but we are stepping up and we're moving forward because we have a God who knows right where we are, even if this took us by surprise, and he knows how to meet us right where we are. And friends, he knows how to move you and I personally and us as a church through this unfamiliar territory. And I'm going to believe that he can guide and that he can hold us up regardless of what tries to pull us down. I want to pray for you. God, would you move in this moment? 
God, I pray that you would move us from doubt to faith. God, I pray that you would move us from distance to proximity. God, I pray that you would move us from relying on everything else and into relying on you. God, for those returning to you today, I pray that they would continue to trust your heart for them. As we sang earlier, that they would run to the Father, that they would fall into grace. They would hear your voice saying, welcome home. And God, for the rest of us, could we know that we're in good hands, even if we're in an unfamiliar season? God, may we hang on to you, even as you are hanging on to us. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. I want to thank all of you who have been giving during this season. You guys, we're making a tangible difference. We are providing groceries and supplies to individuals and families who are part of our Epic Church community. So thank you. And if you have those grocery and supply needs, let us know. No one's being turned away. We are meeting needs right and left. And we're ready because of the generosity of this church. We're ready to meet your need. Your generosity is also allowing us to help our partners locally here in San Francisco make an even greater impact. One of those partners is YWAM. They've been a partner with us for quite a while. And we as a church were able to recently give them $2,500 to cover protective equipment and cleaning supplies because they are still on the front lines doing daily ministry in the Tenderloin, offering showers and the use of restrooms to the homeless community in the Tenderloin. Thank you for your generosity. I've been saying this, and I need to let you know it again. The mission of Epic Church matters more now than it ever has. The mission of Epic Church matters more right now than it ever has before. And if you want to join us in the mission, and to date you've never given to the ministry and mission of Epic Church, I want to invite you, if you're able to, I want to encourage you, start giving. We want to steward the resources well that God continues to give us. And so if you haven't lost your job and you're able to, I want to encourage you to start giving. You can follow the prompt on the screen. You can do the text prompt. You can give online or through our app or through your bank's bill pay. And for those of us who have had some habit of giving, but it just hasn't been consistent, let me encourage you to do what so many in our community have done and set up recurring or automated giving. Again, you can do that right through our website so that we can be consistent and faithful in our generosity. In just a moment, I'm going to uh, slide over to Zoom. I would love to see you there. You can go to epicsf.com slash after church. I'll be waiting for you in there once this gathering is over. In a moment, Seth's going to lead us in a song, and the title of the song is called Nothing Else. And guys, I know we've been losing a lot of things that we were used to in a previous season, in this season. But I also am discovering some things myself. And part of what I'm discovering is this Hebrews 13, 8 reality that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I am pressing into that truth. I've seen my contentment grow up because I'm recognizing that Jesus is still present and Jesus is enough. So here's what I want you to do. As we sing this song, I want to ask you to go ahead and stand, just like I'm doing now. I want you to go ahead and stand, and I want you to sing loud for two reasons. Number one, we are declaring a beautiful reality through this song. And number two, you're at home. So stand up, sing loud, and let's be reminded that Jesus is enough. Seth? Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. 
I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco.